Welcome everyone and welcome back to Kickoff here on Unite Radio. I'm Jamie McCready and every week we give you the chance to be interviewed by myself. All you need to do is to go onto my Instagram, go onto jackjimjam.official, go ahead, click the link, fill out the form or simply go ahead and send me a DM. It is Boxing Day currently but Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Let's begin with the weekly news of football. Che Adams scored twice as Southampton marked Nathan Jones's first home match by a scrape into the Carabao Cup quarterfinals with an unconvincing 2-1 win over Lincoln. Glasgow City head coach Ellen Gleeston has stepped down from her role due to her employer in her hometown of Dublin. Sheffield United held off Colo Torreira's resilient Wigan side to a 2-1 win at the DW Stadium and narrowly get their gap on the Skybet Championship leaders Burnley down to three points. League One Charlton shocked Brighton to reach the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup as they beat them in a penalty shootout after a goalless draw at the Valley. Defender Alex Greenwood has extended her Manchester City contract by another three years and England manager Serena Wegman says the Lionesses will ensure they will step things up in their bid to win the next year's World Cup. Wolves have agreed a loan for Atletico Madrid and Brazil striker Matthias Cunha with an obligation for buying the player for around £34 million. Manchester United have triggered a one-year option to extend the contracts of Marcus Rashford, Luke Shaw, Diego Dallo, Fred at the end of the season 2024. And the Argentinian FA have confirmed of the players of the bus tour in Buenos Aires after they won the World Cup has been abandoned due to security reasons, with the players instead travelling in the helicopters. Jürgen Lopatelli's side guided to a 2-0 victory over a stubborn Gillingham side and in their place in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals in his first match in charge. Leicester City eased back into action after the World Cup break with a comfortable 3-0 win at MK Dons that secured their place in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. A lot of Carabao Cup games and obviously Liverpool did get knocked out by Manchester City. Scott Arfield's Scottish time double saw Rangers win 3-2 at Aberdeen to keep their faint title hopes alive. Adam Smith's own goal handed Newcastle a place in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals as Eddie Howe's men edged past his former club Bournemouth. Chelsea have appointed Christopher Vivell as the new technical director. Manchester United have dedicated only 81 words to Cristiano Ronaldo in his Burnley programme following his exit of Old Trafford. I think people need to remember what he did for them last season under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and also Ralph Ranić, And I think he's very, very underrated for what he did and not appreciated enough. Arsenal topped their Champions League group in style on Wednesday, beating Zurich 9-1 as Freda Munman and Sticks Blacktinis and Kelly Ford starred for the Gunners. Victor Gulks in stoppage time's penalty halted West Brom's five-match running as the Bagpies lost 1-0 to Coventry. Postgoletto is the Rangers manager and he was unhappy with aspects of his side, calling it unacceptable and in attack and restoring a nine-point Scottish Premiership lead by beating Livingston 2-1. Manchester United are through to the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup in a straightforward 2-0 win over Burnley at Old Trafford. Nottingham Forest reached the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup for the first time since 1994 with a comfortable 4-1 victory over Blackburn at Ewood Park. And Brentford are lining up potential options in January in the window coming up in case Ivan Toney is hit with a significant ban because he seems to bail on the football and has done it more times than Daniel Sturridge and he got only banned for two years and he's done it a lot, lot more. So he could be out for quite a while. FIFA is investigating the circumstances which led Salt Bay's gate-crushing Argentina's World Cup celebrations on Qatar on Sunday. 
Saltbay came onto the pitch and started handling the trophy itself, despite FIFA rules suggesting that they are not allowed to do so. Manchester City centre-back Nathan Ake headed in the winner as his side beat Liverpool 3-2 in the Carabao Cup thriller to reach the quarter-finals. I want to say my say on this, and I think that Liverpool didn't do too much of a good job. I mean, Darwin Nunez, you could hit out of him that he maybe shouldn't be starting over the likes of Firmino. I'm always positive Firmino would have scored at least one of the four major chances that he had. You've got to give time to him, though. But in defence, we just can't keep clean sheets anymore. Not to say Manchester City are not a good side. They are the best side in the world. But I think Nat Phillips, I'm a really big fan of him. And maybe he should have started over Mat Matip. Lauren James's second half double helped Chelsea east past PSG in the Champions League group game, winning 3-0 to secure top spot in Group A. George Coheen, the right-back in England's World Cup winning team of 1966, has died aged 83, his former club Fulham have announced. Aston Villa have been granted planning permissions by Birmingham City Council for the redevelopment and expansion of Villa Park. And Unai Emery says he's so proud of Aston Villa's World Cup winning goalkeeper Martinez and he says he's just a chat with the Argentinian about his celebrating. John Lundstrom's first half strike kept Rangers' faint Scottish Premiership title hopes alive as they beat Ross County 1-0 in Dingwall. Liam Paulworth's long-range strike earned 10-man Kilmarnock an unlikely point as the visitors came from two goals down to draw 2-2 at Fir Park. Unhappy Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola claims England midfielder Calvin Phillips returned to the World Cup not in the right condition to train. Apparently he was overweight. Brentford head coach Thomas Frank has signed a new contract until 2027. Celtic restored their nine-point lead in the top of the Scottish Premiership with a comfortable 4-1 win over St Johnston on Christmas Eve. Former Liverpool captain and Women's Super League champion Gemma Bonner will return as the club for the second spell beginning on January the 1st. Hearts goalkeeper Craig Gordon suffered a horror leg injury as his side came from twice to draw 2-2 uh, with Dundee in a Christmas Eve showdown at Tannadice. Rangers midfielder Stefan Davis will miss the rest of the season with a knee injury. While the Rangers manager believes Celtic are in a much better space than last Christmas after a positive year for the club. Paul Mason believes Arsenal may not be able to keep up their top league toppings after Gabriel Jesus suffered a knee injury at the World Cup. Sheffield United beat Coventry 3-run to record their 7th win in 8 championship games and maintain their automatic promotion charge. Bristol City have chanted the dismissal of the manager Nigel Pearson after each goal in the each half from Matt Phillips and Brandon Thomas Astin gave West Brom a 2-0 win. Millwall kept the pressure on to the battle for the championship playoff spaces with a comfortable 2-0 win at Watford. Ellis Sims came off the bench to score in the second half stoppage time and earned Sunderland a 2-1 win over Blackburn at the Stadium of Light on Boxing Day. After the break, we'll talk about Tottenham's near comeback to the Bees. Up next, Christmas.
Harry Kane and Ivan Toni both scored after a difficult few weeks for the pair as the Brentford and Tottenham both shared the points in a dramatic 2-2 thriller to welcome back the Premier League football after the World Cup. Kane led the Spurs fight back from 2-0 down in his first match since the World Cup quarter-final penalty miss for England, heading home from close range before Hoiberg completed the comeback as Antonio Conte's side scored twice in six minutes. Janelt made Spurs play for another slow start by putting the hosts in front only 15 minutes in, while Tony playing for the first time since the FA charges for 262 alleged betting breaches doubled the B's advantage after half-time. But there was VAR controversy, of course there was, before Brentford's second goal as Kane was denied what looked to be a clear spot kick for a hug by Ben Mee with the two hands on the Spurs forward. A frantic 10 minutes saw Kane hit the bar and Tony miss from the six yards out as the Premier League football reminded fans of drama and value just 90 minutes into its return. After the game, both managers praised the quality on the show just after one game after the four-week World Cup break. What a game to reopen the Premier League. What an advert for the league, said Thomas Frank. It's not the first time they've watched Tottenham and another exciting game it's been, he added, added Antonio Conte. How Spurs produced another stunning comeback. Conte was without World Cup Boxing Day World Cup finalists with Christian Romero and Hugo Lloris for the Boxing Day clash. So Tanganga and Fraser Forster came into the team for their first Premier League minutes since January and May respectively. With the Spurs coming into the game having conceded in their last eight competitive matches. It was no surprise to see their makeshift defence struggle and start slowly. Brentford put on the pressure on before forcing Forster and co. wayward and passing back in very poor style, while Kane had the first shot of the game with his free kick hit the wall and Brentford eventually made their pressure count after 15 minutes. Tony flicked on by Brian and Brebu down the left and his cross was met by Matthias Jensen's first-time volley a deflection off Clement Longley meant Forster could only palm the effort onto an onrushing, unmarked Janelt who could not miss. Tottenham suddenly woke up after being pegged back with human son Ankulazewski testing David Rye's palms on three separate occasions, but there were easy efforts for the goalkeeper of Brentford. At the other end, Zanka picked up the ball loose from dangerous Brentford throw-in, and but his near-post effort was well saved by Forster at the near post. Brentford thought they had a second goal when Tony burst through after Basuma gave away possession in the centre circle and he rounded off Forster to home to tap it home, but the B striker was rightly flagged for offside. Tottenham came out after half-time in a much more positive mood, but the controversial 60 seconds saw the game move away from them. Son's cross was heading towards Kane, but the Brentford penalty area... And the striker was sent down by Ben Mee holding on to him with both hands. But the referee David Coote and the VAR waved away Spurs' complaints before Brentford went up the other end to can double their lead. Eric Dyer needlessly conceded a corner with a wild clearance under pressure from Norgard as he flicked it on. Tony was there to tap it home at the near post. It was not long until Spurs half the deficit, with Longley providing a superb deep cross, which Kane nodded back into the opposite corner, past the diving David Raya to maintain his 100% scoring record on Boxing Day. And yet Tottenham come back was six minutes later, as Hoiberg struck the post from the edge of the box to haul Conte's side back into the parity. 
What followed was the topsy-turvy affair which saw chances go begging and penalty shouts fall on deaf ears. First, Mac Doherty's tremble into the box under Zakin's challenge was waved away before Mbebu was booked for a dive while trying to go round Forster. The same Brentford forward fired it over when Rico Henry's cross from six yards met the player while Keynes failed to connect with a bicycle kick in the six-yard area of the other box. Substitutes for Tottenham, Davidson Sanchez saw a 30-yard volley go straight at Raya before Kane struck the bar. After meeting Ivan Perisic's cross before Raya just managed to save it. Tony missed the better chances moments later as Roslev headed it on deep to the forward standing just six yards out. The Brentford man got the ball before Forster could only poke it over the bar. Stoppage time saw Son test Raya with a low drive, which meant the Brentford goalkeeper was equal to, but the final whistle made sure both sides were late to find a winner. Conte spoke after the match, and he said, On one side, I have to be happy for the reaction and the way we played in the second half. Not just because we scored two goals, but the energy, the desire and intensity that we played, he said. On the other side, it's nine games in a row we've conceded. The first goal, this is not positive. The Spurs boss admitted his side need to be more stable and they want to remain in top four places by the end of the Premier League campaign. I understand we have great character and reaction. I believe, I believe in ourselves, he added. At the same time, it's important to be stable for a team who wants to stay in a good position in the table. To concede many games for first goal, also two goals, we had to make reflections to try and find a solution. We have tried to do this from the start. We tried to start in this way in our mind if it was so. We wanted to start this way, but we started the game with a goal that they conceded. In the second half, with a goal from a set piece. Brentford boss Frank admitted that the parts of the game plan was to catch Tottenham out quickly due to their slow starts, but Kane's remarkable goal was a turning point in the match. We knew that they start slow, and we went quick, Frank said. From our perspective, there was no... No talk about we need a fast start. We always start fast. The performance is, was really good again from us in the 90 minutes. We were one who should have gone on and won. The momentum swung in their way when Kane scored the goal. But if you said that to me, that if Longley is crossing from there and Kane is scoring from there, I'd say no chance. That was a situation I'd hoped we solved better. Analysts, the Premier League is back with a bang. Sky Sports journalist Sam Blitz at the G-Tech Community Stadium. The biggest reminder of why the Premier League is so popular. Not the pendle swinging action, the VAR controversy, or the personal narratives that come in games like this. But the groan from all four corners of the ground at full time when David Coop brought matters to an end. Nobody wanted the game to finish. This was a match where a hefty amount of stoppage time we saw at the World Cup would have been so welcomed. Two men on the centre stage before they stepped on the four. Kane and Ivan Tony must have felt weight very different to recent expectations and experiences as they lined up for kickoff. They've ended it with an embrace at full time. Both players relieved to put the last one, the last few weeks behind them. But as the beauty comes with the Premier League, it is that that is so predictable that makes sense if you look at all the recent games. Tottenham started the game slowly as they always do and came back to salvage the result. As they always do. Once again, Brentford made matters difficult for the top six side at home, underlying their status as point getters, but a side who was also lacking consistency against the sides around them. Ultimately, the Premier League is exactly the same as it was a month ago when it stopped for the World Cup. 
than the rest of the games in the volume of two of these exciting campaigns are just as good. After the break, we'll talk about Southampton's defeat to Brighton. Here is King by Years and Years. Southampton manager Nathan Jones' first Premier League home game ended in a 3-1 defeat as his side slipped to the bottom of the table after being outclassed by Brighton at St Mary's. Having taken charge of Southampton just twice since the appointment on November the 10th due to the World Cup break, Jones was hoping for, to oversee back-to-back wins after Tuesday's narrow win over Lincoln, but his players produced a disappointing performance on Boxing Day. 
Brighton, who welcomed back several stars from the winter tournament in Qatar, looked authoritative throughout the game and took control of the scoreline in the first half thanks to some calamitous Southampton defending. The former Saints captain Adam Milana put Brighton ahead on the 14th minute when he smartly headed in Solly March's in-swinging cross, although Gavin Benzanyu somehow managed to let the ball slip through his hands 10 minutes before half-time. Brighton made it two when Parade handled Esper Dupinion's cross in his own net. Southampton, who were loudly booed off at the break, improved in the second half, but when Marsh soon restored Brighton's dominance when a stunning left-footed strike from outside the box whistled past Banzu to give the visitors a 3-0 lead and well-deserved as well. Southampton did pull it back when James Ward-Prowse nodded in the rebound of his initial penalty that had been saved by Robert Sanchez, but the hosts had given themselves too much ground to make up. The game finished 3-1 and the result was a firm indicator of the situation both teams find themselves in. Brighton is 7th now, with just two points behind Manchester United in 5th place. While Southampton dropped to the bottom of the table following a Wolves 2-1 win at Everton, which we'll talk about later. How Brighton outclassed Southampton. Former Luton manager Jones had to wait nearly seven weeks to have his first taste of what top flight action is on home soil, having replaced the sacked Ralph Harsenhutl just two days before a 3-1 loss to Liverpool on November the 12th. Things started quickly turning sour for the Welshman on the afternoon when little less teams jeered on each other at the other end. Brighton, still without a World Cup winner, Alex McAllister, begin better and brighter. And they went ahead in the 40th minute as Lilana's glancing header embarrassed the Republic of Ireland international Banzu. The Seagulls midfielder turned it up neatly inside Saints territory and then played it wide to Marsh before darting into the direct and subsequent in-swinging cross throughout the arms of the keeper. The former England international Adam Lana, who left the Saints for Liverpool in 2014, having joined the club's academy aged 12, was booed in at the early stages, but a celebration was subdued. Southampton's return to the Premier League following the World Cup was off to the worst possible start, with a home record in the division being the worst, and the Avaloids openly swiftly prompted grumblings of discontent in the stands. Captain Wood Prowse flashed a free kick narrowly wide, to offer some encouragement before the host fell further back in a catastrophic fashion as the mood continued to darken around St Mary's. The Saints defence had struggled to contain Esther Pinion and Mitoma on Brighton's left from the first whistle and 10 minutes before the break they combined for the former to deliver a tantalising low cross which Perraud closely and clumsily directed into his own goal under pressure from Solly Marsh. Southampton began the second period with greater purpose as Samuel Utozi twice threatened but Marsh soon halted any noticeable drive of revival by cutting in from the right to smash a stunning drive in the top left from around 25 yards. As Southampton supporters watched on with gloomy expressions, Brighton's capacity travelling section revealed that a lot of them had gone. On their side, scintillating display while the chance of the south coast is ours followed by ones of possibility of European adventure next season under their new manager at Brighton. The Saints finally gave themselves hope when the lively Edzo was failed in the box as Pascal Gross Sanchez was booked for delaying the spot kick, saved by Ward Prowse's initial strike after diving to the right. It was a powerless repel of the follow-up effort. The Spain international later risked the second yellow card following the clash with Che Adams before Brighton coasted to a lovely 3-1 win. Boxing Day was great and so was Mitrovic for Fulham once again. They won 3-0, but here is location by Dave. 
time, oh And my dog is on probation Another five years We bring girls to his location No time, no Send me the location This year about vacation Flight catching, train taking Soon as my rough probation your boyfriend's on a waiting thing, looking for one wish on a Ray J thing. I prayed that girl, outrageous thing, but she can't see cause I got shades and thing. Bare girls wanna throw shade and thing, no shade, what shade is your foundation in? Darkest grey, the shade I'm in. 49 more if your babes want sin. I had me a famous thing, goals and things, gains and things. My house party, a babe station. Girls wanna chase this status thing. Boy, I don't need a carty I'm captain, I lead the army Bad ratio, I leave the party Free Somalis, creeping army Your ex wavy, we tsunami Girl from India, sweetest So good now, speak the drawty You hardly part me, I'm laughing again I assisted, man, passed my friend Look, money like the alphabet If you wanna see P's, got a pass on the ends Came a long way from a park in a Benz To an 18 plate, man's parking a Benz Far from the rest, but I'm far from my best Life is a lesson, I'm passing a test Yes, everything blessed I don't want drama and I don't want stress My girl got finesse, Caribbean flex Body and chest, take body and chest Thank God more, I grew up with less Just to the right, raps to the left Arge in the middle, got seed to the death Batch full of dogs with the 16's vets If you send me the location Then I'll be right there To make her come check you my babe No time, no my dog is on probation Another five years We bring girls to his location I was down by the middle to the top right now And I could pull a couple grand on my pocket right now Yeah, I'm so fly, yeah, I'm flying in the rocket right now And all the games you play never stop right now See everybody watching Cause it's diamonds on my chain And it's diamonds on my watch Money moves, off white shoes Came straight from Virgil Abloh I've been down, I've been low Had my mattress on the floor Know me up, no, can't build it up Can I ring, ring my cellular We have a big fat Pulling up, in a the big black pens pulling up. Please tell everybody to start pulling up. Enough champagne from the bar coming up. Party hard, make I live my life. Uh, I was down by the middle to the top right now. And I could pull a couple grand on my pocket right now. Yeah, I'm so fly, yeah, I'm flying in the rocket right now. And all the games you play never stop right now. Send me the location, then I'll be right there To make her come check you, my babe No time, no And my dog is on probation Another five years We bring girls to his location No time, no
Alexander Dimitrovic scored and picked up two assists on a triumphant Premier League return as Fulham beat nine-man Crystal Palace by three goals to nil on Boxing Day. There had been question marks over the striker's fitness after his efforts with Serbia at the World Cup but showed no ill effects from a busy period, putting the star turn at Selhurst Park. Mitrovic in fully involved with us and fully motivated. He's been a great professional for our club since I joined. I can speak highly and more and more about him, the Fulham manager Marco Silva said after the game. I had a conversation with him yesterday before, he was tr- before the training session and he started to feel better over the last few days. We know it's not in the best physical condition to support a game and always be in a game with the intensity that I want him to play at. He likes to play as well. But with the, with the quality he has and the maturity and experience to handle a situation well. When I'm saying to you every time that Mitrovic is more than a goal scorer, I think he showed it again this afternoon. Another assist from him. He was involved in all our goals and the key moments again. He's been really important for me and I really am pleased for him and the goals he scored. He deserves all the credit. Mitrovic's fine cross saw Bobby Dekova-Reed in the 32nd minute not home before Crystal Palace had their first player of the afternoon sent off two minutes later. Mitchell's late clumsy challenge on Kene Tete before he receives a straight red card. Despite being a goal and a man down, there was hope for Crystal Palace after the break, but their afternoon continued to disintegrate. James Tompkins was also sent off after picking up two yellow cards for the second straight elbow, catching Mitrovic in the face. The Fulham striker was involved in more controversy for Fulham. In the second goal, Mitrovic had nodded down Andreas Pereira's corner from Tim Ream. For Tim Ream, sorry, to fire at home. But the goal was subject to a VAR handball review. However, despite Andy Madley consulting the screen, the goal stood. Mitrovic capped a fine afternoon with a late goal of his own. He had a glancing header from William scoop ball from the left, sealing an impressive three points for Fulham. It sent Silverside eighth ahead of the remaining games in the 22-23 campaign. Already on 22 points this season, Crystal Palace stay in 11th on 19 points after a difficult return to action after the World Cup. Please know I do have a cold and therefore when I breathe out, my cough seems to come back every single time. But I'm trying to deliver this show as best as I possibly can before I have coughing spells. But let's continue with Fulham. The opening 30 minutes were rather quiet. Scrapey Affair has a Premier League return to Selhurst Park for the first time in 58 days. Guaita was at full stretch early on to flick Pereira's effort over the bar. The woodwork was rattled at the other end too as Jordan Ayew's shot clattered against the top of the bar after some fine play from Michael Elise. The deadlock was broken just after the half-hour mark when a poor pass from the Fulham defender Anderson allowed Mitrovic to drive down the right wing to send home a fine cross for the Cora Reid to glance at his header home. Two minutes later and Palace's afternoon worsened. Mitrovic tried to recover the ball from a heavy touch but instead reaching the ball he caught Tete, who went up with his studs, and it was a straight red card for Mitchell for the 23-year-old fullback, who appeared mo- emotional as he made way down the tunnel. He was then joined by Tompkins as Palace received another red card just 12 minutes into the second half. The veteran defender caught Mitrovic in the face with an elbow, leading into a second booking of the afternoon as Palace's chances of fighting their way back into the contest continued to shrink. Mitrovic soon beat Gwai to two. He sealed a fine away win for Fulham. William cushioned to cross superbly on the left before scooping it back into the middle where the striker was waiting to glance his head at home, capping a fine return to domestic action. Vieira, we got what we deserved, he said after the game. From the manager from Crystal Palace, from the first minute I would say Fulham were the better team. 
I think there were too many aspects of the game when we weren't present and at the end when we got what we deserved because we didn't do anything to get some something from that game it's really difficult to understand right now and in that way of the frustrating frustrations I believe now I have I was really pleased with what we have seen in the last couple of weeks in training and I was expecting a better performance from my team that just shows you that the quality of the Premier League when you look at Fulham and the quality they have we still have a lot of work to compete for and today, we didn't compete at all. The two red cards didn't help us. But outside of those moments, the two situations, it was more the performance from the first moment which let us down. The Fulham boss Silva spoke after the game as well. We were the better team from the first minute. It's been a sad week for us at the football club. The Fulham family lost one of its best, if not the best, and the greatest player from its club. Not just on the pitch, but off it too. What he did every time is just a connection with the community as well. I think we had a plan. And the players stuck to it really well. The way that they came here, brave, from the first minute. We knew before the match that they had been strong at home. I think their record, for it, it speaks for itself. Plus the last three games at home, they won all of them. And they have players like Zaha, Aze and Elise, Ayu and the attacking, attacking line. If you don't control them well, you don't press them from the first minute. With a good organisation of being aggressive, it will be tough. I think we did. I think we did it really well. And all the credit to the players. I think we were the best team on the pitch from the first minute. We started to control the game until the first goal. It was clear that we were the better team. And after the red card, we were in control. We showed the maturity that we had to play at this level and against these type of sides. The second half, our speech during the half time was to try and score a second and, and quick as well. As we believed that we knew that we can get the belief and energy would go down if we scored the second goal. After that, we killed most of the game and controlled it. We scored another one with many more chances to score, but I think we deserved that. We were the better team on the pitch. Everton lost at the depth, while Wolves won in fashion. Here is 9-5 by Dolly Parton, and we'll talk about the game after the break.
great song that is by Dolly Parton. The new Wolves boss Lopatelli marked his Premier League bow with a dramatic late win as Out Norris 95th minute strike secured a 2-1 win over Everton at Goodison Park, which moved Wolves off bottom of the Premier League table. The Spaniards saw his side reach the Cabocot quarterfinals in midweek with a victory over Gillingham, but Yerry Mina provided Everton with a perfect start when he flashed home a header in the seventh minute from Dwight McNeil's corner to mark his return for the team. Wolves did settle the dust and levelled on really, really late, but they did level when Giamatino expertly spotted the run of Daniel Podenance with a fine start from the cleverly worked set piece in the 22nd minute. It seemed neither side had done enough to turn one point into three in the 10th second half, but deep into stoppage time, Wolves broke upfield and Adam Achari's cross was deflected into Nori's path for an untidy but priceless finish. The win moves Wolves onto 13 points in 18th place. One position and one point below Everton following their fourth straight defeat in all competitions to heap the pressure on Frank Lampard, who was linked with the England job. Lopatelli said, of course, we'll always believe that we could win. We come here for that. We obviously know that it was going to be a very hard task, but we always have the belief in ourselves. I feel like we've done a really good match against a very good team and we feel very happy, but only a little bit. It's only one step at a time. And we have to take a very hard task in front of us. I never celebrate goals like this, but I know you can suffer. I usually only celebrate at the end. But it was a great goal. You would have always thought that Lopatelli had been in a Wolves, a Wolves fan for years with the celebration that he produced. As Wolves manager for, for, is going to be there for a while with a five-year stay in the Premier League. The way in which he led the coaching staff came together in an impassionate huddle to celebrate Norrie's winner with the last kick of the game. The first league game in charge he had since the echoes of Nuno Espirito Santo. This was a smash and grab at the end of the encounter, littered with the mistakes, but Wolves have the quality to pull themselves clear from danger. Everton had lost their last two Premier League games against Wolves, as many of them previous 12, but the hosts got off to a perfect start with Mina glanced home at a header from McNeil. Only on seven minutes, Mina, who was returning from a four-month layoff, who was strong for Hugo Beno as the Colombian found the bottom corner with a precise header. Wolves had just lost seven of their previous nine Premier League games, taking all four points from a possible 27, but they responded well to the setback. Only 22 minutes in, Podenitz finished off a fine team move to level with his third goal of the campaign. Ruben Neves worked the short corner routine well with Podenance to pick it out the Portuguese compariot Matinho on the edge of the box as the veteran midfielder appeared to be winding up the shot as he saw Podenance's run behind Nathan Patterson as a vision to set up the forward who collected outrageous flick before slotting it underneath Jordan Pickford. Aged 36 and 100 days, Matinho became the third oldest player to assist a goal for Wolves in the Premier League behind Dennis Irwin and Paul Ince. Like Patelli was aiming to be the first manager to win the top flight game in charge at Wolves since John Barnwell in November of 1978. But the Spaniard caught, ought to have watched his side fall behind when Nathan Collins' slack clearance was collected by Dresa Gay, the Everton midfielder who picked out Anthony Gordon. The fine diagonal run before he finished it well was telegraphed for an easy Joe Sarter gather. There were smatterings of jeers to greet the half-time whistle, but Lampard's team produced an encountering initial response from Everton after the restart. Patterson's delivery from McNeil's short corner was kept alive by James Tarkovsky, only for Alex Awobi to head at Saar. 
a blitz from an offside position. Wolves grew confident, however, as Podenit set up Benyu for a low shot that was battered away by Pickford. Lopatelli took Traore to inject further urgency during a fractious second period on low quality as the stray pass added on an endless cycle of tension that returned for both sides 45 days after the Premier League's outgoing. Mina had performed admirably for 75 minutes before a tight hamstring complaint forced his withdrawal as Ben Godfrey made his first appearance since August following a fractured flibia. Damari Gray saw a free kick whistle over the bar just wide, sorry, as Everton came closer when Gordon's shot was deflected into the path of Godfrey, but Neves hooked the shot off the line. It had been in the second period when the home side would double their attempts on their opposition, but no restless home crowd urged their team forward. Everton were not set for the counter-attack as Wolves bared their teeth to snatch all three points. Ruben Neves, the captain for Wolves, said it was a great restart for us. We worked a lot during the week and the set pieces are a massive part of the game. It was massive and meant a lot to us. It was a final for us and every game will be a final from now. As a team, we did very well and handled Everton's pressure. It's really hard place to come and play, but I think that we deserve the win. On the impact of the new manager, Lopatelli, Neves added, it's been, a lot of, it's been a lot of an impact. He's a really experienced manager. He's been working with big teams before and everyone is improving a lot. There is a lot of room to improve, but that's really good and a really good result for us. The Everton boss, Frank Lampard, though, also spoke. We played well and with a better team, we controlled the game, but unfortunately, if we're not clinical, these things can happen in football. On the groaning before Wolves' second goal, while in possession, Lampard added, I played for 20 years as a player. It could affect them. I actually liked it, the way that we played. The effort and the energy was all there. We did enough to win the game, I thought. The performances were there to win the game. We have Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back soon, and we'll see about other transfer targets. We need to be, we need to be clinical. The boos were understandable versus Bournemouth. We would love the crowd to stick by them. I don't want to be too negative to them. We have to take it on the chin and we have to go again. This is football. The Wolves boss Lopatelli. They scored from the first corner, which isn't easy for your mentality, but we had the chance to show character and belief in ourselves. As a team, it's important today and it will be important in the matches. You will always lose the games as that is football, but you must remain focused until the very end. The atmosphere is a very English ground. It's extraordinary. And this stadium is fantastic. I'm really happy for my fans as they needed good news. It's only one step and we're going to enjoy today. But from tomorrow, we're going to start thinking about Manchester United. We've not done anything yet and we need to be aware of that. We have to be aware that we can do better. We have to believe in ourselves while, while knowing that each match in the Premier League is a hard task. Sky Sports reporters Ben Ground spoke after the game. The Boxing Day visit to a tied bottom of the table. Wolves represented a hugely significant restart to the Premier League for Everton. Lampard's team lost five of their previous seven, just taking four points from a possible 21 and sat just a point outside the bottom three. They had won just three times as last season's dreadful form continued into another campaign. So the break for the World Cup did them a favour in stopping them from bleeding for at least a time. It was a chance for the hosts to reset but come May, the outcome of the fixture could be viewed as a significant moment and the manner of Wolves' lay victory could have serious ramifications for Everton. The Magpies came back in the correct way as they have been playing for ages. Joe Linton, Almiron, they've been so good. But is Eddie Howe overachieving? Coming up after the break. But before we do, found what I've been looking for by Tom Grennan. <laughs> Oh, 
sun and call in the sun What we did But my ship says sail And I'm here to tell that I Don't mean like the other sun Newcastle moved second in the Premier League after a blistering first half performance, saw them win 3 0 at Leicester following a World Cup break as Almiron hit his ninth goal for the season. The Magpies scored all their goals before the 32nd minute in a Boxing Day victory that puts them a point above, above sorry, Manchester City and four points behind Leeds Arsenal, although both sides have two games in hand. Newcastle were 2 0 up in seven minutes at the King Power Stadium thanks to Chris Wood's penalty and Almiron's cool finish, giving them the eighth goal in the last nine Premier League games. Joe Linton then headed in a third from a corner to put the game beyond the Foxes' reach in a record in six Premier League successive games and is their best run since 2012. It had been 45 days since both sides were in the Premier League action, but both sides had warmed up nicely for the festive fixture in the East Midlands, having won their midweek Carabao Cup fourth-round ties to then be drawn against each other in the quarter-finals. But Leicester Hill once again without an injured James Madison due to a knee injury that is brand new were caught cold after Daniel Amatru brought down Joe Linton after 90 seconds into the game and gave the visitors a penalty that they scored. 
Woods deputing for the unwell Callum Wilson, hemmed in home from the spot to give Newcastle a third-minute lead. Four minutes later, Almiron added a second in a sublime fashion as he played a lovely one-two with Bruno Gamares and then beautifully slotted it past Danny Ward to continue his outstanding form this season. Leicester own, Leicester's only real chance in the game came in the 22nd minute through Kieran Drewsbury Hill, through Patterson Decker as well, but was denied on the on-rushing Mick Pope with Sven Botman clearing the rebound off the line. Joe Linton's 32nd minute header from Kieran Trippier's corner then completed the first half demolition for Newcastle, who have now suffered just one defeat in their opening 19 games in all competitions. Newcastle head coach Eddie Howe on a potential title challenge. My attitude won't change to that. I've no problem with my supporters dreaming and talking and speculating about what we can achieve. I've no doubt the media will. I cannot control that. I think we need to be mindful of internally and just focus on what we can control and our own thoughts and actions and how we train and how we prepare. It's not to look too far ahead, to not listen to the much news and much media and just focus on our training and make sure that we focus on it game by game. It's the toughest league in the world for a reason and our opposition will no doubt be watching us and preparing for us so we have to be ready. On the performance, Eddie Howe had it, added, sorry, I'd say the performance was there when you consider the opposition and the game for the break, after the break. There, and everything has gone into preparing for this game. To start in the manner we did was hugely important. Credit to the players for now how they attacked in their game. We scored very, very good goals and the general mentality of the group was very, very, very good after the break. Today it was a big test and I'm delighted with how the players started. On the other side though, Brendan Rodgers spoke about Madison's knee injury. Sadly, it's not near to playing yet. He was out on the grass this morning but still feeling pain in his knee. I'll speak to the medical team in the morning and see what the timeline might be. It's the different part of the knee. It had been around the back of the knee and now he's feeling it around the front part. I need to listen to the experts and the medical people on this take and take it from there. This has come indirectly from maybe issues while he was away. He's just feeling something on the front of his knee that medics are just trying to get to the bottom of. Joe Linton and Bruno Gamares both starred for Newcastle in a 3-0 win with a former just edged out his fellow Brazilian for the goal and the assist. Joe Linton and... Started and finished the victory, he won. The crucial penalty for the wood, Woods opener and then headed it home to make it a third to put the win beyond doubt. Ten-man Blackpool remain in the Skybet Championship relegation zone and without a win in seven games following a 1-1 draw to fellow strugglers Hull. Chikbo Akpom extended the Kolo Choro's winless start to life as Wigan boss in their in-form Arsenal man hit the second half hat-trick in a 4-1 victory at the Riverside. Stoke came from behind twice to earn a 2-2 draw at Rotherham to, in the Skybet Championship. Cardiff and Queen's Park Rangers failed to boost their respective safety and promotion bids in a forgettable 0-0 draw on Boxing Day. Liverpool did win versus Aston Villa away from home by one, uh, one goal to three. It was a great game. I didn't watch it, unfortunately, but it was a good game. Liverpool have won three consecutive Premier League games for the first time since winning their final three games of the 2021-22 campaign. Liverpool fullback Andrew Robertson assisted his 54th Premier League goal in this match, making him the all-time leading assister amongst the defenders in the Premier League's history. Mohamed Salah scored 50 his 55th away Premier League goal for Liverpool, the joint most of any Reds player level with Michael Owen. Aston Villa's Oliver Watkins has scored five goals in five Premier League appearances against Liverpool, two more than he's ever scored against any other side. 
Stefan Bacic, who did score, he has scored in the Premier League and the goal aged just 18 years, becoming the third youngest Premier League goal scorer behind Michael Owen and Raheem Sterling. Ben Doak came off the bench of Liverpool to make his Premier League debut aged 17 days, every 17 years, sorry, and 45 days, becoming the youngest ever Scottish player in the competition's history. I won't sum up the game in too much depth, but Darwin Nunez did miss quite big opportunities. Liverpool on their way to a third successive Premier League win for the first time this season. Early go in the in early in the game, thanks to Salah's breakthrough, and what a beauty it was. Trent Alexander-Arnold's outrageous pass found Andy Robertson to set up Salah. That was for the first goal, and that was absolutely amazing. The ratings though for Liverpool were kind of consecutive sevens and eights, and the worst player for Liverpool being Thiago with a rating of seven, as well as Chamberlain, who didn't really have a big chance in the game, being on the left wing. The substitutes probably made more of an impact though, with Bajic and Doak probably making the bigger impacts. But Nunes, he really has got to hit targets from the four chances that he's had. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Jamie McCready and every week we give you the chance to go live on the radio. All you need to do is go to my Instagram, which is jackjimjam.official. Go ahead, click the link or simply go ahead and send me a DM. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year to you all as well. I'll be seeing you all in 2023 if I've got the dates correct. And yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wonderful year, guys. Thank you so much. And I'll be seeing you all with bigger, better, brighter things in the new year. See you all soon.